What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. Go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. Uh, so you already know who it is. It's your co-host, George. We got Carter. We got Jacqueline, of course. And we got a special guest today. We got Brian, also known as the infamous CPA. What's going on, Brian? How are you? Man, it was good, man. I'm excellent. No complaints over here. How are y'all? Hey, man, if we were any better, we'd be you, bro. So, you know, we... we I was going to say that exact <laughs> hey, he's same thing. already. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, so a, qu- a quick little kind of off the record, man. Like, your reels have been hilarious lately, bro. Like, you, you've been yeah, in your content bag, man. They've been hilarious, man. And so, let, let, me, yeah. let me say something else. First of all, like, I was against content. I was against being a CPA online. The first person I saw doing it was Brian. I'm like, yo, he's a he's a CPA that's showing he has a nerve to show his personality in his content. Wait a second. And then that's how I was working. So you were my model for social media for like at least a year. Um, like kind of when I first started out, man. So just I want to let you know that you you awake you awaken the beast, and I appreciate that. Man, of course. Cool, cool, cool. I'm happy, I'm happy to be here, man. Definitely looking forward to having a dope conversation. Yeah, man. So so, I mean, you're known as the infamous CPA. So obviously you have a CPA background, but what you're also, I would say, equally known for um, now at this point is definitely, you know, your presence in the uh, Turo space, right? Um, and renting out cars and that. So, so talk us a little bit about like who Brian is and if you can maybe give us the evolution of Brian, the CPA to now like, man, I'm in this Turo game, I'm getting money, I'm teaching people like, just kind of give us a little brief like, um, Introduction to all that, if you don't mind. Okay, cool. So I'll start from the very beginning, man. So I was born in Harvey, Illinois, a small suburb outside of, in the south side of Chicago. Um, I grew up pretty much like everybody else, man, like a uh, low-income household. I really struggled with a ton of different things regarding personal personal development. So I struggled confidence-wise. That was something, something that, you know, I've been battling for a while. And... I think I really had a turning point once I graduated high school because I was sitting in my high school graduation and I always had this super competitive drive. So I'm seeing all these people graduate ahead of me in my class, knowing that I didn't even put any effort in. So that was a huge wake up call for me in the beginning because it's like, okay, well, I let these people outwork me and I couldn't really live with that. It really left a bad taste in my mouth. So ever since then, I've been really just trying to focus on me versus me and not letting anybody beat me. So Um, After I graduated high school, I attended a community college, started studying accounting, and then I transferred to Northern Illinois University where I studied accounting. And that's where um, I really took off because I really started focusing on that personal development. I had a couple of challenging internships, one being with this company called College Works Painting that really got me outside of my comfort zone where I got the opportunity to actually have my own exterior home painting branch. So from scratch, like literally in the spring semester, we would drive all the way back home. We would hire people to go door to door, go door to door with them, trying to get business, right? 
And this yeah. is completely outside of my comfort zone. I'm this shy, reserved kid who don't even really like talking to people. So now I'm having to go sell homeowners on 10, 15, 30,000 in paint jobs. It was crazy. It was a crazy shift. But once I was able to conquer that, uh, I had a relatively small business, but it was huge for me. I did 25,000 in six months as a, what, 18, 19 year old kid that was shy and reserved. So that was a big eye opener for me. And from then on out, I really started killing it in everything that I did because I had that confidence. So, man, th that's the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody, like really focused on your self-confidence. You don't have that confidence in your own abilities. Nobody will because it shows it shows through the way you communicate. It shows through the way, the way you take action and so on and so forth. So after you know, I had a couple of internships in college, I actually started out with PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, one of the big four accounting firms. And that was always my dream job until I got there. You, you, know, and, me, you before, and me both, King. You and me both. <laughs> before, before I even got there, I actually took my CPA exam you know, over the course of that summer. And I killed it, finished every all four and three months. And then I started this accounting job and I had a huge wake up call after my first year because I worked my I worked my ass off, man. I'm saying 70 hour weeks. I was going easy, hard. Easy. And when it came bonus time, I got rated was called a tier two. So they have, you know, different tiers of performance. And that's when I realized, like, this corporate stuff is all it's, it's, you really just a number. It doesn't matter how much you produce. It's all based on the scales, all based on corporate politics and relationships and so on and so forth. And I didn't really want to play that game, but I decided that, you know, starting at PwC, starting at one of those big four accounting firms was great for me in terms of my development as well as my advancement, because I knew I could leave there and go anywhere else. But, you know, once I realized that, you know, the corporate game was trash, I really started investing in myself and, you know, starting other streams of income on the side. My first thing, I wanted to do real estate, but I didn't have any capital. So, you know, I created this whole elaborate savings plan to save up a year worth for income, but it was just way too slow. And while I was doing that, I was looking at houses with a realtor and I just stopped doing all of it. And I said, okay, I'm about to focus on really increasing my income. And that's when I ran into the car rental space, man. I put my first car on the platform and then um, literally got rented out for 36 days and I made $1,200, whereas the overhead mm. for that car was 500 so it wasn't, it was, it was a lot for me at the time, cash flowing $700, but I knew that this was a huge business, a huge opportunity. So I partnered up with a couple of people and we just started buying a ton of cars and I was able to scale my fleet to around 18 cars in a little over a year and a half. But oh. doing that and then leveraging the profits to, you know, purchase real estate, house hacking, things of that nature really started, you know, my journey to becoming who I am today. That's a, a quick intro to who I am. Oh. I got here. Nah, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, man. I think, you know, you said a lot there. Um, and the thing that stuck out to me is literally a thought I had the other day in that, you know, we just did a podcast, you know, last week on, you know, how to start a digital business. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one thing we love about digital businesses is they're scalable. You don't have inventory. You have minimal overhead. Right. But no matter how efficiently you're able to make money, the goal is to buy income, right? You still have to take that money and buy, put it in assets they're going to pay you. So I don't want people to kind of glaze over that because we mainly, you know, brought you on the show to kind of talk about the Turo game. But even in that, even though that's become like maybe a main hustle, I won't even call it a side hustle, right? 
Like you are using that just as a vehicle to be able to acquire assets that are going to appreciate and produce cash flow, right? So I want to make sure that people, you know, take that away and not lose sight of the fact it's not always just about how much money I can make, but what are you doing with that money? So now I think that's super cool. And and just let me ask you this question: you uh you kept your job through most of that, right? You so you were still working and then renting cars on Truro. Uh, and using that money to buy more assets, you just didn't just hop out when you made your first seven hundred dollars in profit and leave and leave the industry, right? Right. Yeah. So I kept my job for a while up until uh, March of twenty twenty. Actually, so I had a job up until the pandemic hit, and then I got laid off. But it was just a huge opportunity. It turned out to be a blessing, a blessing and surprise because it was a funny story where I'm literally, you know, everybody was sheltering in place. So I'm at my girlfriend's house, and literally the systems on my laptop they just stopped working. Like I couldn't log into my email. I kept getting kicked out of everything before anyone told me anything. And then I got a call before I could call IT. Wow. The finance called me. Like he sounded sad. I'm like, what the hell going on? Because I'm not even thinking that I don't have job security, right? I'm doing good. I just got promoted and literally let me know that, you know, because of the pandemic, um, they actually had to close all their hotels because it was a commercial real estate developer focused on only hotels. They had to close everything and they had just created a new position for me that didn't exist. And I didn't get a chance to prove that that position would be beneficial. So they had to let it go. Um, But that's when I realized that I was really free. I didn't have to go back and work a job. You know, I had this property where, you know, I'm living in one unit, renting out the other two, and I'm getting paid to live there. I'm getting paid $300 a month while all my expenses are covered. Then I got all this other capital coming in from the rental car. So that's when I decided I wasn't going back. So it was the best decision I ever made. It was scary, but no, I'm here now. I've been making way more and impacting way more than way more people than I ever imagined. So, man, I feel really blessed. I'm happy I took that leap. I love your story. It's, it's honestly really multifaceted, which I think a lot of people overlook right on their journey to their first six or seven figures. They think like, OK, let me start this one thing. And then when I do this one thing, like that's going to just, you know, catapult everything else. And it's like, OK, sometimes you got to start small. Right. So, Brian, you're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm house hacking like I don't have expenses for my house. And you're like, I had a job. But while I was doing my job, I also was renting out cars. So I like that you're sharing this with our listeners of like, hey, you can do multiple things at once. Actually, you may need to do multiple things until you can get to the point where you're just doing one thing. I definitely agree. I I think a lot of people have a a false sense of security where they think that they're going to get to wherever they want to be just doing the things that they want to do. But a lot of times you got to do stuff that you don't want to do. Like I work for free a lot of times. I spent countless nights investing myself, learning, reading, listening to podcasts. I invested in myself so much because I knew that the, the better I was as an individual, the more I could earn and the more I could actually impact people in a positive manner. So you really yeah. got to be willing to invest in yourself to increase your capacity as a person to increase your overall output that you can put into your life. That's yeah. the universe. And, and before we transition into like more about the tour business, one thing I just want to say as a kudos to you, and which is why I resonate with you so much as a person, I, why I think your audience resonates with you so much as a person is that you documented the entire journey of everything you're doing. You know, when you were house hacking, you were showing people your numbers and your course, the numbers to your actual property, right? Like, you know, your first car, you were showing people the numbers, the profit margins, even when the cars got into incidents, right? You documented the entire process and you never shied away 
from failures and incidents. And I think that that's something that people got to do, you know, on your journey to becoming the person you want to be, need to be, please document the process because people need to know like the ups and downs that you go through because it makes you so much more relatable. That's a fact. Dope, dope. So, you know, we would be remiss, right? You have a CPA background. So we're going to talk a little bit about Tarot today. And so we want to just dive right in, right? So let's talk about kind of the numbers of a Tarot business because, you know, the internet's a tricky place, right? Like, you know, you also have a program, but your program is quality. I've heard great things about it. I've, you know, I've voluntarily shared it without even having any affiliate um, because of what people have said about your program. But, you know, on the internet, you know, people, they can just package up information and make it seem like it's so easy and, you know, anybody can do it. And so like, I want to just get into like, what are the numbers of, of, of the business, right? So Carter mentioned that you shared like publicly kind of your margins and things of that nature. So just walk us through for someone who, who's like, I want to get in the Turo business. I want to make it my main hustle. Like walk us through like just a quick little timeline of, hey, from your first car to, you know, how many cars you're going to need to be able to produce a decent amount of income. Just give us some some insight to the numbers if you can. Yes, sir. So, man, from A to Z, I think the first thing that you do, you need an LLC, right? You need an LLC because you want to protect yourself. You want to have that lot, that limited liability protection. If anything goes wrong, like I haven't, I haven't had to use that, but you just always want to protect, be protected. And the second thing I would say, you really need a blueprint. Like, there's no reason in today's time that you're reinventing the wheel. Like, I tried that starting out, and even though I didn't start from zero, I had a partner who had a little bit of experience. We didn't have it all figured out. So we still hit our head a ton of times, still had, you know, vehicles stolen with no way to track them. We still had renters late and non-responsive. But now we have all that figured out and we have those risk mitigation plans in place. So I would say get the LLC, get the blueprint. But now you don't really need a ton of capital, but I always advise to have some type of credit backing, some type of capital, just because you never know what goes wrong, right? It's all about protecting your assets, protecting your business and covering covering your assets. So I would say you definitely have a little bit of capital, but how the numbers work, essentially what you're doing is the best way to do it, in my opinion, is leveraging other people's money. So you want to get financing, typically business financing or financing in your business name for this particular vehicle. And then um, you're essentially running the numbers on how the vehicle will actually make money before you even purchase it. So the first thing what we typically do is we're choosing, we're choosing our, our brand in terms of, or do we want to go economy vehicles? Do we want to go luxury vehicles? Do we want to do a mix of the two? We choose that first and foremost, because then that tells you whether or not you're going to be going on platforms like Hire Car, where you're renting out to individuals who actually want to use your vehicle to make money. So those are the Ubers, the Lyfts, the Uber Eats, Grubhubs, things of that nature. Or are you going to go the Turo route, whereas you're renting to people <clears throat> who just want to use your car for leisure or going on vacation, or maybe their car broke down, broke down and they want, want to spend less and go into one of the bigger rental car agencies. So you choose that first. And then from there, you want to look at your market. So you have to be able to look at your market and leverage software is what we do. We leverage software to actually analyze the market to see what's already performing well. And then once we see that, now we're able to cherry pick based on you know the top 10 cars in our market to not reinvent the wheel even further, to just purchase one of those, run the numbers on it, and see how much we can actually bring in but before you even analyze a vehicle, I always tell my students, you got to have a target. So if you don't understand, if you don't understand what's the minimum cash flow that makes it worth it for you, for that individual vehicle, you're probably going to lose. So if mm-hmm. it's an economy vehicle, you can make somewhere between 400 to 600 dollars 
every single month, depending on, you know, your purchase price and things of that nature. But for a car, for a little bit more luxury vehicle, let's say a Tesla. Let's say is that profit or is that revenue? That's cash flow. That's okay. pure profit. So that's after all expenses, right? Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, but if you're going like a Tesla, you're going like um, even a, I would say a Mercedes-Benz CLA or something like that. Then you you can see four figures a month in profit just off that vehicle. But it's all about buying it right. It's all about running the numbers efficiently. And then you have to have all your ducks in the row too. You got to have the right insurance because Turo and Hire Car alike, they offer different insurance plans that eat into your profit. Mm-hmm. For example, if you get the 60 plan on Turo, well, yes. that means you're bringing home 60% of the income and you're giving away 40%, right? So all that plays a factor into it. Saving for maintenance, you got to run the numbers on that as well. I typically recommend, you know, if you get a new car like a Tesla that's very low maintenance, I still recommend saving two and a half percent of your gross income for maintenance. But if you're getting an economy car that's used or even new, you probably want to save somewhere between five to 10 percent of your gross revenue for maintenance. And then after that, you know, the only other expense you really have is your car note. Um, when you're talking about monthly recurring expenses. So you have those four main expenses, your car note, your maintenance, your insurance costs monthly, as well as the fees that you give to Toro Hire Car. And then after that, you see your profit. So that's really how we go about running those numbers. So if you can get multiple cars from the start, like most of our students do, then you can see, you know, up to, I would say like 4K a month, just starting now, not even, not even spending a ton of money out of pocket because we actually leverage no money down loans, but they're not really no money down. All you're doing is you're getting a, you're getting business financing and instead of financing 100% of the cost of the vehicle, you'll go 105, 110%. So you factor in sales tax, um, licensing fees, things of that nature, right? So then you're getting into a vehicle with no money down. If you buy three or four at one time, now you're seeing four figures easy a month that's mostly passive because you only spend about three to five hours a week running the business. So that's really what makes the business very beneficial. The, the low barrier to entry, low cost to entry, as well as the ability to make it passive if you have all your systems set up. Okay, let, let me ca- nice. ca- recap for our, our audience record, Jack, and I'll let you go with your questions. Because he gave us a lot of game, and I think mm-hmm. some of this will go over people's heads. So, you know, obviously, the, you know, the first thing is you want to, you know, uh, pick your type of vehicle, right? You know, do you want to go luxury? Do you want to go economy? And it seems like hire car is a platform for economy cars because people are using this for Uber Eats, Uber or whatever. And then Turo is the platform for luxury vehicles. So pick your type of car and then pick your platform, right? For, for those cars, right? And then before you buy a car, you want to run the numbers. You said you mentioned the software. Do you, would you mind sharing a software that will let you know what cars are yeah. good? And- so we use this uh, software, it's called CarSync. So basically what it does is it analyzes where you are and is able to pull data off Turo to actually see what are the highest performing cars in your market. And it goes by make, it goes by actually the individual models as well. That's super beneficial because you really want to take the guesswork out of it. Because that's where a lot of people get stuck. They're like, oh, well, does this work in my market? Okay, what cars work in my market? So a lot of people that don't know about softwares like that, and there's a couple other softwares, um, and it's completely free. But those who don't know software like that, they really, they just guess, they're guessing, they're seeing what sticks, but we don't have to guess. We skip that whole guesswork stage and go right to making money. CarSync.io, right? CarSync.io? Yep. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Jacqueline, we got a question? That's good. 
So we're going to interrupt for a commercial break. Okay. So Brian, I don't know if you know, and I don't know if the people listening are familiar with the Melanin Millionaires Club, but that is our community group where we talk all things wealth building, entrepreneurship for people who look like us. So we're super excited to be able to add this podcast interview to the collection of materials that everybody learns from. So everybody has been waiting for us to have a Toro expert. So we're super excited that that's you. I want to take a moment to read one of our five-star reviews. So we got a five-star review um, on Apple Podcasts from Wealthy Already. like that. I like that. I like that. um so yeah so this individual said outstanding great podcast love the wealth of knowledge that they share so we appreciate you wealthy already you already know the drill send us an email to podcast at melaninmoney.com um and we are going to treat you to a little a little gift a little surprise you know the vibes you know the vibes hey man uh, brian that was um a great really good breakdown the reason i wanted to just jump right in is because you know i feel like again i want to just jump over the fluff because so many people you know just are repackaging people's information on the internet and, and no one's yeah. really giving out game you know what i mean and so like i want to say let's just get let's get to that so we know before we talk about anything else that like because i know you're one of the people that actually know what you're talking about so i wanted to make sure that we could just cover our bases um before we kept it rolling now we can have some fun so right. <laughs> um, tell us one of your crazy stories, like, man, because, you know, that's one thing people don't tell you about is the war stories, right, of, of any business that you get into. Just tell us one about, like, one of the crazy stories that you experienced, you know, being in this, the, the Turo business that, you know, was like a huge learning lesson for you. Oh, man, when I was first getting started, um, I rented to this older lady, right? And everything was going fine. She rented us from, <laughs> rented to us for about four months, no oh, issues, man. passive income. And then we get a call that she had been in an accident. Right. So instead of literally, you know, waiting for the cops to come and things of that nature to get the insurance info, yada, yada. She actually did that. But then she drove the car cause it was still drivable. She drove it like in front of some random spot and just left it. Didn't tell us where it was. Uh, but we had to literally go on a wild goose chase, leveraging the info that the police gave us in order to find this vehicle, right? This is what I talk about, how people hit their heads when they get started because they don't have you know, a blueprint. I should have had a GPS tracker in that vehicle, but I didn't even know that was a thing at the time. Mm. Now I do, right? So now, you know, in, in a, now it's just a matter of going on the app and finding the location of the vehicle. But that was, that probably was the wildest thing for me because it was in the middle of winter, like, oh. It literally happened at, yeah like nine ten o'clock so we, we get out of bed at you know at 11 to go and find this vehicle and it was just crazy because i never thought i would be doing that you know after uh being in busy seat at pwc at one of the big four accounting firms so that was crazy from a um i guess a bad point of view but it was just a learning lesson and then from a good point of view the the best experience i had on hire car was one where we bought a 2018 kia rio for 11 grand and then we had one renter rent that thing over a year and a half. It was from August of 2019 until December of 2020. And we made almost 15 grand off that one renter. While we in a year. For the vehicle. In a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. Wow. And, a half. and you never crazy. saw it. You never saw it for, for 18 months. Never saw it. So that's zero zero work like literally zero hours that's as passive as it gets. That's as passive as yeah. it gets. Now if you can find yeah. if you can find those long-term rentals, that's a play. That's a play. Exactly. 
that's what we and that's what we mainly focus on. We might even focus on higher car at first because man, it's just it's passive. When, and a lot of people are lazy. Let's be honest, a lot of people are lazy. So we don't really want to do nothing. So when we find something that works and you can be lazy, it's like man, it's like a golden goose. So we just trying to milk that thing. Yeah, as long as we can milk it. Yeah, I can always tell people like financial freedom is is the lazy man's game. You know what I'm saying? Like financial independence is a lazy man's game. It's right. Basically, people are saying, all right, cool. Like, what can I do? I might front load the effort, but what can I do to park my money in places that will produce enough income to cover my lifestyle so that working is optional? Right. Yeah. So people think it's so hard. Like they they think about the effort to become financially free, but really, it's the ultimate game for anybody who wants to be lazy. Right. We actually have a contributor in our platform. Um, shout out to Jay, successfully lazy. Um, that's his thing. Like he actually, he's 39 years old. He actually is officially financially independent. His wife just retired last year. Um, and so, you know, that's the game. It's just like, but people don't realize that it's like, you might've put in a little effort to get there. You might have to humble your lifestyle a little bit to get there. Like I always tell people, there's so many options that I, the power is in what you don't do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of shit. (laughs) It's a lot of stuff that I could do. You know what I'm saying? The power is in what you don't do. And I think on the internet, what makes it so challenging is that People see rich and think it's wealthy, right? Wealth is what you don't see. It's literally unexercised options. That's wealth, right? Because you have, you know, I always say riches are measured in money, but wealth is measured in time. And so you have these unexercised options so that you can always be able to make sure that you can do whatever you want to do, when you want to do it, whoever you want to do it with, for however long you want to do it, because you have those unexercised options. And so that's what I think makes it challenging on the internet because people see the, and don't knock anybody that does it, but they see the Lambos, they see, you know, all the fancy stuff, they see the designer. And that's so tangible that people latch onto that. Now, if you can afford it and it's within your means and you're still able to do it while becoming free, do your thing, right? Because it's not mutually exclusive, but if you can't do both, then you got to choose wealth, period. So now I like that, man. That's the thing. It's not sexy. So a lot of people go ahead and they choose what they can get right away instead of focusing on the long game. That's why a lot of people either lose or they just delay their progress, man. And I hate to see it every single day, but I get it. It's human nature. We live in a really you know, materialistic as well as microwave society. So a lot of people, they really just succumb to the environment. Yeah, that's a fact. So let's let's, you know, rewind a little bit. Right. So let's say that, you know, we think about you think about all the information that you acquired all the knowledges, all the experiences, right? Now let's think about that person who's getting into the game, you know, tomorrow, right? Or or let's think about if you were giving Brian advice, right? When he first got started, what's two or three things that you would tell someone who is about to get into Tarot games? Like, hey, look, I'm excited for you. Man, I wish I knew these two or three things from the get-go. You might've already kind of like mentioned some of this earlier, but just like, what are two or three things that you would give somebody that's like thinking about getting the trail game right now? Yeah, man. The first thing I would say is you have to understand your why. Like if you don't have an understanding of your why, then, you know, as soon as that adversity hits and shit hits the fan, you're probably going to end up giving up. You don't have an understanding of why you're doing it. For me, my why was, you know, I wanted to be a wealth and ultimately I wanted to get in real estate. So I knew I had to, you know, keep a tight ship because if I wanted to leverage those profits to buy real estate, then I have to actually have profits to buy real estate, right? So I would say, first and foremost, you have to have an understanding of your why. And then from there, man, you really have to focus on risk, mitigating risk. Like you got to have the old GPS trackers. You got to be able to disable, you know, your vehicle anytime. Like it's super important to always have that location and then super important to be able to disable the vehicle so it's not drivable. 
like first and foremost. But other than that, I mean, you really got to cover your assets in terms of when you're on these platforms. Because a lot of times people don't even do the basic things right, like taking the right photos of the vehicle beforehand. You need to cover every inch of that vehicle because if the renter brings it back damaged and you don't have a picture that shows that it wasn't damaged beforehand, you're not going to get reimbursed, you know, for that claim unless it's just like noticeably or blatantly obvious. So it's just the little things like that. Focus on those minute details because if you don't, they'll cost you money. Like even though the business is very passive, it can become active real quick if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a fact. I mean, that's a bar. So, okay, so ha- have you ever a car stolen before? Yes. Can you walk us yep, through so, uh, one incident? Yep. So I had a, a couple actually, you know, early on when I didn't have those GPS tracks that I was telling you about uh, one time, Chicago winter, somebody did like this is like the Cardinal scene in Chicago. You never start your car with the key in it and just leave it unlocked. It will get uh-huh. stolen. I don't care where you are in Chicago every single time. So that happened to me actually twice. You know, both times, you know, luckily the police recovered them with and they didn't have much damage. But those are two times that I got my vehicle stolen. But honestly, since then, since I got GPS trackers and all of them, they haven't been stolen. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's good karma. I don't know what it is. But since then, they haven't been stolen. But those yeah, and if you tell people, like, hey, this is a GPS tracker, like, just, you know, say they kind of, it's, it's a preventative measure. Yeah. yeah. We, don't even, we don't even tell them. Like, we typically won't tell people uh, that we got a tracker in them. But uh-huh. we can tell, like, some people, some people, we might tell if they lie. Like, I had instances where, <laughs> Someone say, oh, I'm out of town. Um, I'm bringing the car back on this day instead of, you know, the original time. And they'll extend the rental. It's like, I don't care. But there's no reason to lie. But some people just lie because you can just pull up the GPS in two seconds and see exactly yeah. where you are. It's like you down the street from me, but you lying for no reason. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You know, um, I'm a firm believer of business and lifestyle alignment, right? Like everything isn't necessarily for everybody. So who would you say the Turo business is right for and who is the Turo business not right for? Who is it wrong for? Yeah, I say first and foremost, you got to be coachable. Um, you got to be able to, you know, take advice from somebody who's already done it first and foremost. And you got to be hungry, man. Like when it comes to financing, when it comes to, you know, dealing with people at dealerships, salesmen, things of that nature, like they are sharks. And if you're not a shark back, like they'll bite, man. So you definitely have to be, you know, someone who can, be assertive, can assert your dominance, not just on you know, salesmen, but as well on renters as well, because every renter isn't a great renter. Sometimes you got to, you know, be assertive and kind of put people in a place and let them know, you know, your rules, even if your rules are different than the platform. And I'll say you also have to be organized because when it comes to, you know, maintenance, things of that nature, if you're not taking care of your vehicles, getting adequate maintenance, mm-hmm. as simple as an oil change every month, every month and a half, your engine can lock up. And then now you still gonna owe on that loan and you basically screw because there's really nothing you can do other than junk the car or buy a completely new engine, which is gonna cost, you know, a couple thousand dollars. So yeah. you definitely gotta be organized and you gotta be responsible. But then I would say I always like to tell people to have a little bit of capital, or if you don't have the capital starting out, don't be super risky, but make sure you save all your profits. So they gotta be really focused, man, because a lot of people see that they invest, you know, $500 and over the course of a year, one car can make 12 grand and their cash on cash returns are stupid, right? But if you're not stacking that, if you're not saving for res- uh, having a reserve for each individual vehicle, 
it can get ugly very, very quickly. So you definitely have to be focused as well. But yeah, those are a couple of the qualities I think someone should definitely have before getting into this business. Dope. Dope, dope, man. Well, you know, we're as of this recording is and is and when it airs, like we're, you know, just a week or so into 2022. And so a lot of runway, man. A lot of a lot of runway left in this year. So what are you really excited about? And what's something that we can expect to see from Brian um in 2022? Yeah, so in 2022, I'm really focused on scaling. Um, scaling, you know, my course creation business. Um as well as I want to create more content. You know, I have a couple passion projects that I'm really interested in creating, really regarding, you know, money management and finances, because, you know, I understood with my journey that I didn't really have a financial blueprint growing up because I did exactly what everybody else was doing around me, which was make, you know, bad money decisions. So I really want to create some content around that to help people understand that, you know, this is where you are with this poor mindset. This is how you can get to the wealthy mindset. But it's going to take some work. So I'm really trying to figure out, you know, how to create that in a way that actually produces, produces results for people. Since, you know, I think the stat is, you know, 7% of people typically finish courses. So I'm trying to figure that out because I want that to really have some impact. But yeah, I'm really focused on scaling, really focused on, you know, investing uh, my business profits and other things that can bring me some passive income like Amazon stores. I'm um, getting back into real estate as well. I actually got some new construction projects. Um, and South Shore coming up throughout the year. So that's, I'm really excited to see that. But yeah, other than that, really just creating some engaging content to really help people. That's the really underlying premise of my business and my lifestyle. And I think that's my purpose to really help people with their finances because a lot of times, you know, bad finances or stress from finances just lead to a lot of different things. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, Brian, I don't, how old are you, Brian? 20s. Well, I just turned 28, 28. Okay, yeah. So we're all late. We're all around the same age, late 20s, early 30s. But do you guys remember, especially for me, like I grew up poor. So it was like, go to the encyclopedia. Yeah, the internet is coming out, but it was like, go to the encyclopedia if you got a question. So isn't it amazing, amazing to just watch this transformation of like, as a child, you were told to go check an encyclopedia for what you need to know. And now you're on the teaching end of helping people with their money like that. I, to me, like that's just an amazing story, an amazing trajectory. And we're just in a whole new time, a whole new world. Yeah. It's dope. And, and speaking of courses, man. So I, I know we didn't talk much about it, but I know you have a course on getting started in the rental car business, correct? Yep. So asking for a friend, right? If I was to purchase this course, right? Like what would I learn or like, you know, what would I come out of the course? What knowledge would I come out of the course with that will help me um, get this business off the ground in 2022? Yep. So you'll really come out the course with the full package. So we call it the car rental blueprint because we try to give literally everything you need, cover all bases for you in terms of acquiring the vehicles, insuring the vehicles, financing the vehicles, financing your business name, you know, covering your assets, protecting your assets as well in regards to, you know, making sure you have an attractive listing on, on Turo or on hired car, um, identifying what's going to work in your market, et cetera, et cetera. So we try to really give the full package of everything you need to start this business, man, and make it in a super easy way as well, where everything is accessible from the lock boxes we use to the insurance we use, et cetera, et cetera. So that's really what you should expect, man. So Right now, what we're doing is we actually host a free masterclass every week because we're trying to get more and more people 
to really experience this life changing income stream because it changed my my life. I never I never thought at 25, 26, I would be able to get laid off and not worry about it. Like I never really I never thought that that was a thing you know that could oh. happen to me. So we host a free webinar. I think our next one is January 9th. So if people are interested in that, they can go to www.carrentalblueprint.com slash webinar and they'll see that as well. Um, but yeah, man, we try to give pretty much everything you need to get started in the business very, very quickly. Like my goal is to get people started in 30 days. 30 All days. All you do is take the course, take the course and take action. We'll have the link in the yeah. show notes by the, uh, when the episode comes out. So you all yeah. be able to check out the course in the show notes. And, and then that's what helped me get out of my business. I had four cars, um, two cars on Turo, two cars on Hire Car. I was making about $4,200 a month and that replaced my income at KPMG. And I quit and I started my business. So I know it works because it got freed me from my job before I, they fired me. So <laughs> it all worked out. It's the, so it sounds like Turo is the, or the car rental business is the CPA escape plan. Cause it hey, for real. <laughs> <laughs> nah, super dope, man. We appreciate you. Now I'm going to be honest with you. Like, uh, our, we over at the Melanin Millionaires Club. I mean, our people they they they're a little bougie, but sometimes they they want people to like come inside the club and and and, and share some game, man. So if you be open to it, man, we love to invite you to do you know your your master class inside of the community. We'll do all the heavy lifting in terms of getting them to show up, but like we would love to have you do that master class, man, so they can get some more insight. I know they're gonna love this podcast, so man, we'll talk about it offline, but we'd love to get you yeah. inside the club, man, and and share some more of this game. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely down. Just let me know when. I'll tell my partner, my partner, George, and we can definitely share some games. Oh, his name is George. He got here. He already on a good foot, man. You know, <laughs> he already, he already a, a one in my book. So, man, but Brian, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for being a pillar in the financial education community. Um, you know, it's a revolution happening right now. And we are grateful for everybody that is leading the charge in their own lane um, and, and sharing their voice on the Melanin Money platform as well, man. So thanks so much. Keep doing what you're doing. And until next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring Melanin Millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.